So this is the first episode of the podcast that we are calling Voices of COVID-19. I'm Brian Lucas, and we are here in Minnesota nine days into our social distancing. We have been staying in our house and maybe going to the store, just making essential trips, but really trying to keep away from other people. On one hand, it's obvious that we need to take extreme measures to fight this pandemic. Staying home and distancing seems like a relatively small price to pay to save ourselves and our neighbors and to stop the spread of this virus around the world. But it's easy to say it's a small price without recognizing that it's not a trivial price. Social distancing and the disruption to people's lives is real, and for many, it's hitting home in different ways. Joining me today to give one perspective on life in a COVID-19 world is my daughter, Julia Lucas, who's 18 years old and is a senior in high school. Social distancing for Julia coincided with her senior year spring break, but rather than beaches in Florida as we had anticipated, we've been in the house or in the car or maybe a store. And rather than gearing up for second semester senior year and all that entails, Julia is facing uncertainty about when or if she'll get to go back to school. With that, I'd like to welcome Julia. Julia, thanks for agreeing to be my first podcast guest. Thanks for having me. So first question, tell me what is it like to be social distancing as a senior in high school? I'm kind of a self-proclaimed introvert, so when everyone was talking about we're going to have to stay home for a little while, I actually wasn't that worried. I was kind of joking about it. Yeah, you guys like might have a toll on you, but like I'm cool with it. I love staying home. But it's actually been a lot harder than I anticipated, just because it's like this point in my life and this point in school and high school, I don't have that much time left even living here. A lot of the struggle comes with like, how indefinite the time period is, like how long will we be here? How long will I not be able to see my friends? It has actually been pretty hard, and despite my own self-proclaimed introversion, I think it's just a shift that I wasn't expecting to be so hard. So I know that the first couple days were really hard on you. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what was going through your mind on those first couple of days? Because something hit you really hard. Yeah, I I honestly, the first two days were really hard for me, and I don't totally know where it came from, but I think it was kind of a place of, like, there are so many lasts that are happening for me. Just, like, things I've been looking forward to. Like, since freshman year, like... Just like an exciting last part of my high school career. It just seems, it it felt kind of unfair to cut that short. Mm -hmm. And so you took a couple of days and kind of hibernated. Yeah. Think, to get, <laughs> yeah. Right? Stayed in my room, laid in bed. Yeah. Thought about how hard my life is <laughs> that I can't go <laughs> hang out with my friends for a couple of weeks. Oh, I am just, it's really coming down on me. Yeah. But, really. you know, it's easy to make light of that. Yeah, no. But obviously it was real for you. Yeah. And it's not trivial, like I said earlier. It's not trivial to say to a high school senior, you can't see your friends for a while. Right. I don't know when you're going to go back to school. 
I think staying in my room and like, yeah, like you said, hibernating is kind of the perfect word for it. I was kind of like processing a, a really big shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, I don't necessarily know that that was helpful. Like since I've been, you know, acting like a regular person, doing things that I love, like painting, the sense of normalcy is I think really important. And I think that I kind of just had to like snap out of it because, you know, you can only hibernate for so long. But it was definitely like thinking about how uncertain everything is was took took it out of me a little. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think that when you were hibernating in your room, were you thinking more of social and school and lasts rather than COVID and and what's happening around the world? Yeah, I think it was definitely, like, a very, like, centered around what I personally was missing. And I think a lot of the talk has been about, like, you know, you have to think outside of yourself. Like, you, you can't be selfish during a time when, like, literally everyone in the world is going through the same thing. But I think definitely what I was thinking about was my own friends and, like, my own experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's scary to think about the large scale, like the worldwide thing, but it, it kind of seems so surreal what's concrete and like what I can grasp is what I'm personally missing. What has changed now that you, like what, how were you able to evolve from hibernation to getting out and trying to make this as normal as possible, even though it's not? I think as soon as I started to like, interact with my family and like not just hide out in my room I was like well it kind of it's kind of like a regular weekday night and then I was also thinking about everything's so uncertain but it also means I have a lot of time on my hands what have I wanted to do that I just don't have time for you ever think of those like scenarios where you're like if I was Rapunzel these are all the things I would do and I'm like well here we are it's really happening so what would I do yeah. Did you throw your hair out the window? and? Yeah, I've yeah. been trying to think of ways to do some DIY at-home extensions, <laughs> seeing if I can bring my friends up to my room. What, In general, what kinds of things have helped you with your frame of mind, and what kinds of things are detrimental to your frame of mind as we, as we go into nine days of social distancing with you know a lot yeah. more coming up? Some of the things that always freak me out are like, I'm going to cry again. (laughs) When I talk about them, it kind of hits me. But like when I think about them, I'm like, I don't really care about prom. Because like, I don't know, it's not super important to me. Whatever, it's like a milestone. But also like school dances aren't really like the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Mostly like graduation. So, And like (laughs) even like golf season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things that you've been looking forward to that are now up in the air. And there's a lot of uncertainty, too. Is yeah, that yeah. hard, too? Like, I mean, if somebody just said, school year's over, then... Yeah, then I could be like, all right, time to get over it. Like, it's not happening. Yeah. But the kind of like, will we go back? Mm-hmm. It's like, weird. How do you deal with the bigger picture? Do you Do you try to keep up with the news? Do you not want to deal with the news? I mean... It's, like, impossible to escape. It is really important to me fundamentally. Like, I think everybody should pay attention to, like, what's going on. Like, look outside of yourself. You should be informed about what's 
going on in the world, so I stand by that, but I mean, like, I don't have to really actively pay attention to, like, hear what's, hear what the state of things is. I feel like I've looked it up, like, six times, like, when can we stop social distancing? And everyone's like, we don't know, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'll check back in tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Any answers for me today? (laughs) No. (laughs) What about social media? Has that been helpful to you? Or is is it kind of almost a reminder of what you're missing out on? I mean, honestly, one of the things that has made me laugh is like all the weird random stuff people are doing. Like how good people are getting at cooking. Like, how are people occupying their time? So I like seeing that everybody is having the same shared experience. And, like, you see everyone, like, being positive on the internet and being like, it's going to be fine, you guys. Just, like, socially distance. It's super important. I'm like, I got it. Yeah. Show me that weird knitting thing you're working on. I'm so much more entertained by that. Yeah. Because in a way, it's almost kind of like what social media does a lot is showcase people at their best yeah, totally. When they're not, when obviously we're not always at our best when we're social distancing. There are, yeah. But what you were saying about like missing out on things, I actually don't feel, I feel like seeing everyone stuck at home, I'm like, nobody's doing stuff without me. Like we're all sad. Yeah. So that kind of other people's sadness makes me feel better. That's not what I'm trying to say, <laughs> <laughs> but that's totally how it's Honest, coming off. Honesty comes out. Honesty really so. comes out. I mean, I've already cried for this podcast. <laughs> Might as well go into how deeply selfish I am. <laughs> no, I think it's just like the shared experience makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, recently, you made an adventure out to the art store. Did curbside? We did curbside pickup. Yes. But you've been <clears throat> spending the last few days painting. Tell me about that and why has that been important? Yeah, that's probably been the best part of my quarantine. The positive in my quarantine. Normally, I'm doing a lot of schoolwork so I don't really get time to sit down and like paint which is one of the things that I like to do the most so I've been painting eight hours a day like pretty much all day um just having people send me things that they want and I can kind of spend as much time on them as I want which has been actually so much fun for me totally an escape totally distraction I'm not thinking about this virus while I'm doing it you took this to a different level you're turning it into sort of a social endeavor yeah so i put out on my private snapchat story 30 of my friends and i was like hey let me paint you something please send me what you want so i got a bunch of requests some were really weird something new each time keeping me entertained so after i finished them i had an excursion where i delivered every painting to people's houses to their mailboxes, I got to stand more than six feet away from my friend Matthew. His mom watched us out the window and made sure that we stood six feet apart. What was meaningful to you about that? Even though you couldn't have close contact with your friends, you you were out for half a day delivering paintings. Yeah, it was actually so freeing. Like, kind of felt like real life, even though I, like I couldn't really interact with my friends the way I normally would. Because I got to see some people that, like, I had been missing. And I also just got to, like, drive around like I would on a regular day. And, like, kind of (laughs) interact with with people on, like, the most basic level. That kind of felt like a little sense of, like, what's normal for me, which was helpful. I wanted to get your perspective about something I heard about your generation. So your generation was... 
born post 9-11. Yeah. Uh, you ha- you're often called the lockdown generation, right? Because of school guns? shootings. Yeah. Right? And now I've heard people talk, talk about the resilient generation because 9-11, school shootings, and now coronavirus. Do you think you view this coronavirus any differently than anybody else does? And how are you approaching it, you, you and your friends? I think that the impressive part of that isn't just living through it and, like, moving on. It's the things that have come out of it, like March for Our Lives, all these different initiatives that have been started by students and, like, kids my age. But I think that in terms of how we see this, I think since it's, like, nothing that's really happened to anyone before, we're kind of all in the same boat. This is really hard for everyone. But it is, it's kind of interesting, like, how the we don't care about coronavirus because it's not going to do anything to us. Yeah. Is more prevalent. You asked me the other day, you said, has anything like this ever happened in your life before? And I was like, no. When did you start to realize just what a big deal this is? I think mostly when I hear about how we're going to run out of ventilators and how they're going to have to choose, like, who gets a ventilator. In my math class... We talked about the exponential graphs and, like, how we're just 10 days behind Italy. And so I think, like, what I was talking about before, like, when I think about the concrete things, what are the numbers? Like, what are the choices that we're going to have to make? Things that I can kind of wrap my head around. Then I kind of see the severity. But when you just look at it, it's so incomprehensible that it's, like, is this really happening? (laughs) Day two, one of my big struggle days, I was looking in the mirror and I was like, I think I'm on the Truman Show. I was like, (laughs) this is a big social experiment. None of this is real. And I really had a moment where I was so in my head and I was like, I don't think any of this is actually happening. This is a big joke. I was kind of going crazy. I brought myself back. (laughs) Before you went running out into the street. Before I was like, you guys, it's all Wake up, everybody. Wake up, sheeple. (laughs) Best case scenario, what do you hope comes out of the fact that we're all going through this together? In an ideal world, it stops soon. Like, I'd love to have a regular summer, you know, especially because I'm missing some school year. Obviously, I'd love for this to be far gone by the time I go to college. Like, the coolest new experience. I'm, I've been excited for it forever, so. Coming out of such a divisive yeah. stage of our history, a lot of hate on the rise, a lot of conflict on the rise. Do you think it's possible that this is going to remind us that we're all kind of in it together? Or I mean, I think if this doesn't, what will, you know? Like, this is a massive shared experience that nobody's gone through before, and we're all really having, like, the same feelings, the same emotions about it, similar reactions. If after this is done, we're not brought together more, like, I don't know what would do it, and like, we have to be there for each other and care about each other and look out for each other by separating, which I think is very counter to, like, human nature, kind of puts into perspective, like, why this is so hard for everyone. Finally, do you have any advice for anybody out there who's struggling with, especially people your age who are like, I am tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I think we all want to get back to normal life, so I would just, like, plead with everyone, like, please just distance for a while till we're okay and we can kind of ease back in normal life so it's annoying and it's it can be really hard but this is the only thing we can do about it so just kind of suck it up (laughs) that's my advice (laughs) 
you know, paint. Paint. We'll get through it together. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for being my very first guest. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Sorry for crying on your first podcast episode. (laughs) That's okay. Voices of COVID-19 is an attempt to document the thoughts and feelings of people who are outside the limelight to show how a pandemic impacts our lives. We'll try to bring more stories to light because, unfortunately, the finish line is nowhere near at this point. I hope you'll share this and subscribe to upcoming episodes. And if you know someone who might make a good guest on this podcast, send them to me at brian at truevoicecommunications.com. Thanks for listening and stay safe and separate and we'll get through this together.